Welcome to the No More Mondays podcast, the show that inspires confident professionals by interviewing people who actually enjoy what they do for work. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and employees who have figured out that special sauce, the magic, the mystery to having No More Mondays. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another edition of the No More Mondays podcast. As always, I'm super excited you decided to join us for this episode called The Video Game of Life. I am not sure where to even begin with Jules Porter. She's an attorney. She's an M- She's got an MBA. She's a theologist. She's a Marine Corps veteran. Pick the label that resonates most with you because she's got them all and more. Jules clearly has a passion for learning and education, which she's now supporting directly through her own video game company. Serif 7 Studios focuses on the gamification of STEAM work-study programs through diverse heroes and storylines. And as a former female engineer, it definitely resonates with me. And this whole effort even helped Jules get onto Minnesota's list of top 20 technopreneurs. I couldn't be more excited to dig into everything that she's got going on, both in the video game industry and more, and from career transitions to entrepreneurship and more letters behind her name than the alphabet. We're going to just go ahead and dive in and give a warm welcome to Jules Porter. Jules, welcome to No More Mondays. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to know more, and I know that they're really going to kind of fascinate and inspire our listeners. So let's start with Seven, Serif 7 Studios. So tell everybody a little bit more of how this came to life and, and kind of the work you're doing there. So I really saw Serif 7 as just a natural progression of, one, being a Marine Corps veteran and still having this passion for really serving the community and serving the nation. Um, two, just being the St. Thomas Law student, caring about social justice at a time when, you know, here in Minnesota, we had just had the killings of Jamar Clark and Philando Castile at that time. And of course, uh, Justine Demond. And then three, um, really just at St. Thomas, we also had this spiritual journey retreat. And we really talked about finding our callings and how we can identify, you know, what our natural skills and talents are. What are the things in our life that really motivate us, that we're really passionate about and that we're just naturally good at? And then looking at the community, what does our community really need from us um, that we can give and how can we use those skills and talents in order to meet the needs of our community you know and then once you kind of find that synergy and you move forward you know do you have this natural momentum behind it does it inspire other people as well and I believe that I found that not only do I believe that the law is my calling but also this kind of creative use and creative ideas behind social justice is another thing that I feel is a huge part of my calling. I think for so long, we've been chanting the same chants at, at protests for the same reasons for generations. And I think it's it's really time to try new ways at serving the community and really uplifting everyone. When I was a kid, I remember Senator Paul Wellstone, and he gave this really great quote that always stuck with me. It was, when you lift from the bottom, everybody rises. And so my goal is, how can I just help everybody rise? And how can I help some parts of our nation really heal and come to a better understanding of one another? There's so many little things here that we're going to end up coming back to and just specific pieces I like to kind of you know, touch on here. I'll go back to the fact that you said something that I also kind of believe to be true is that cha- like law doesn't necessarily invoke change. If anything, maybe it does exactly the opposite. And you've kind of found a way to to work around that. And 
you've given us bits and pieces of kind of like how you got to this point. But I mean, you studied air, you were in the Marine Corps, you studied aeronautics, you have a theology degree. Like, how does this all come together as far as like the backstory of really even just how you got to the practice of law and found that first kind of, I'm going to say passion that really lined everything else lined up behind? How'd you get here? Well, when I when I was a kid, um, well, f- well, first of all, my parents they both went to HBCU, so those are historical black colleges and university. And my mom was a principal. And when I went to school, I grew up here in Minnesota, um, but we didn't learn a lot of black history or things like that. So my mom gave us additional black history homework, right? And so even though in a lot of the things that I was learning and the video games I was playing and the books that I was you know reading for school, there weren't a lot of black figures in those books. Um, Thanks to my parents, I was learning about all these phenomenal black heroes all the time. And one who really stuck out to me, especially in 1993, when she went up to outer space was Dr. Mae Jameson. And I was like, whoa, black women can go to outer space. We can be astronauts. Yes, it opened up this whole new world. And I mean, that's why I really wanted to go in aeronautics. I wanted to work for NASA and be and become an astronaut as well. Um, and so while that didn't happen, I'm still able to bring my love for just outer space, for exploring the unknown, for doing something that's never been done into video gaming. So instead of maybe going up into space and exploring worlds, which I hope Elon Musk listens to your podcast so I can get up there one day, but I can create awesome universes and awesome worlds in this game space. Uh, we're totally going to tag Elon Musk because <laughs> I think that's the only way he's ever going to listen to No More Mondays. But I love this idea. I actually feel like it's really interesting, like how full circle things come or just how things that happen in our childhood really create an influence that could that, that can seem inconsequential, but can be so significant of this idea that you had this hero and now you're creating heroes via video games for others. Absolutely. You know, because as I kind of mentioned that there weren't really any video game characters that look like me. I mean, we had Princess Peach, right? Who's, well, Princess Toadstool back then. So that was like the first female video game character that I got to play as and sort of the only one for a little bit of time. Um, But it's really important because now I like to play video games with my nephew and my nephew is now 13 years old. But I realized a few years back that, man, there weren't games that I could pick up to play with my nephew where he could see himself as a hero or even just a positive character in the games that we were playing. The way Black people were depicted in video gaming, especially Black men, were gangsters, mobsters, drug dealers, uh, Black women as uh, prostitutes. It was, uh, or I should say it is, horrible, right? And that just hasn't been my experience of what being Black is. And there are so many awesome Black heroes out there, people who did great stuff, whose stories have just never been told in the gaming space or, or, you know, even a similar story told in the gaming space about Black folks. And it's really time to change that, you know, because what you have is you basically have a world where now not only do Black kids not see themselves as heroes in the games that they're playing, but people outside of our community where media is so important for how they come to understand the Black community are also not playing games or not seeing Black people in positive roles or as heroes. And these games now, they're not like Pong back in the day. I mean, these are like immersive virtual experience. It's like playing an interactive movie. Uh, and the games last 60 to 100 hours. So that's 60 to 100 hours where negative stereotypes of black folks are being reinforced. And that's not even to get into the way women are portrayed in gaming, super hypersexualized. Um, 
and just so inappropriate and so unrealistic. In half of the video game industry, about 46 to 48 percent are women who are playing these games. And I think it's also a missed opportunity to not give us more various roles uh, of women in gaming because we're all so different. I'm curious from a career perspective, like how does all this fit together? So is Serif 7 your full-time job and that's where you practice law? Is it kind of like a side project and you have another job? I'm curious from like a logistics perspective, how all of these things fit together in a day-to-day? Well, initially I was doing both. I was both uh, a lawyer. I worked as a staff attorney for a judge um, and I was working on my video game at the same time. And that was a lot. And I was realizing that it was more and more difficult to get eight hours of sleep a night. Uh, (laughs) It's the side, the side hustle. It can only be a side hustle for so long. Exactly. And um, the Finnovation Lab, uh, that, that was started by Finnegan's Brewery and the Bush Foundation, they actually had a um, internship or a fellowship called the Finnovation Fellowship. And I applied for it um, and I was awarded one of the fellowships for the second cohort of fellows. And that was amazing. So that came with basically office space. It came with $50,000 um, for living expenses, which allowed me to put my legal career on pause and to, cho- and to use that nine months to focus fully on um, my company and developing the game. And that was really, I think, the game changer for me. Um, I was going to ask you logistically how you made that transition, because there's a lot of listeners out there who are curious about that. Like, how do I transition into kind of like an entrepreneurial endeavor, you know, without putting everything at risk? And you you found a very, very intelligent, risk-averse way to do it. And that was by tapping into resources around you that could help you bridge the gap. Absolutely. And lawyers are very risk averse. So you said the right terminology. But no, it was fantastic. Because at that point, right, I had a big legal community um, and just mentors and network. And sort of in business, I was sort of growing one in the traditional business sense, but I wasn't really tapped into the entrepreneurship network. And so the Finnovation Fellowship also helped me greatly with that, getting mentors and just uh, getting to know more colleagues in the space. And it was fantastic. One of the things we're really high that I've decided I want to highlight on this season of the No More Mondays podcast is mentorship and how it's really impacted us. So it's definitely aligned with what you're doing at Serif 7, but I'd love to know how it shaped your career, whether it was in that kind of incubator setting or earlier on in life. Yeah. And I actually have to go back to St. Thomas again. At, at St. Thomas, the law school, every law student has a mentor and there's kind of a supported mentorship program. That was awesome. And so each year, since I was so new to the profession and I didn't know lawyers before law school, I asked for two mentors. And the people who were my mentors all throughout law school are still my mentors today. I was able to develop such a great relationship. And they're some of my biggest cheerleaders. And I I forgot to mention before, but I am still active in the legal community, even though I am working full time on my game. So I do a lot of volunteer stuff. I'm on the board of the Minnesota Association of Black Lawyers. Um, And that's just been totally fulfilling. But no, my mentors were actually some of the first people I went to about my video game idea. Once my fellow students kind of uplifted me a bit um, and they loved it, they're they're the people who, uh, when I get ready to pitch at a big competition or before an investor, you know, they take the time out of their day to listen to my pitch, to help me shape it up, to ask me the questions that run through their mind so that I can refine things. So my mentors have just been absolutely phenomenal. That's awesome. And I'm curious as far as the video game piece goes, it's such a unique um, avenue and media. Where do you find it resonating when you are kind of pitching? Who's using it and who's taking advantage of it? 
Well, what I found is, you know, initially I thought I would need to put more of a video game spin on the pitch. But what I learned, especially through the the fellowship program, were that my first backers and my first supporters are people who really care about the social impact of my company. And so you kind of mentioned it before, but in addition to making video games, and when my game come out comes out, it looks like I will be the first black woman to launch a video game on PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Woo-hoo! But in addition to that, I know it's exciting. That's amazing. In addition to that, we teach high school students in 10th, 11th, and 12th grades, a three-year program, how to do the same, how to develop video games, with the goal of having these students be career-ready upon graduation, not only for a career in video games, but also just for a career in STEM or tech or wherever they would like to go in that space and really uplift them and their economic potential. And so that's that really resonates um, with the people that I, that I talk with. And so I really lean on changing well, I guess combating racism and sexism in a unique way, but also giving kids the skills that they need to really be competitive um, in this new landscape. And it's obviously a trending, it's grow, it's a growing field. Technology as a whole, and there needs to be more like represent there needs to be more representation in it. And this idea of gamification is very trending across kind of like all facets, whether it's quite literally video games or even like gamification of marketing or online learning or whatever it is. So you're kind of like definitely operating at the sweet spot and we're going to celebrate big time when you get the official distinction of being the first (laughs) black woman to release a mainstream video game on all the key platforms. Absolutely. And, you know, part of part of my curriculum for the for the video game education piece, too, is a little bit of the metaverse. So I hope to be also the first black woman to create her own metaverse. So what it is, is I have part of the program since I want the students to not only get high school credit, but to also get college credit and a certificate of completion from a college uh, to really make their resume shine. But as part of that, I'm making a virtual reality space. So these kids will actually go to school on this virtual reality campus um, for part of the class. They'll be able to interact with each other in this VR space. They'll be able to develop a skate park or they'll be able to develop different games. And so it'll be really, really dope. And so they'll be able to put on their resume. Not only did they attend classes in VR, but they were actually able to further develop part of this VR space uh, and this VR campus, which I think is just going to be really, really amazing. And it also allows students with disabilities to more fully engage in the curriculum than sometimes they can in an in-person classroom. Support People have more access to things with the virtual world, less distractions, the the kind of sky's the limit. And if, if for those of you out there listening, I what I if there's one thing you take away from this conversation so hard so far, it's that really no dream is impossible because there's a lot of like big disruptive paving the way stuff going on here with just this one human who has emissions and saw potential. Absolutely. I would tell people, absolutely pursue your dreams. And sometimes your dreams uh, manifest in ways that you didn't even anticipate. You might have thought it would come about one way and it came about a completely different way. I mean, three years ago, I wouldn't think that here I am talking about developing, you know, a metaverse space, right, for kids to go to school. And I also didn't think before I was able to uh, get the education team started that this program would go from being a one-year program to a three-year program and really give these kids the skills that they need. I mean, I think it's really cool that not only can I share my imagination, but I'm just one person, but I'm also now able to help inspire kids to also share their imagination, their perspective, share the stories that really resonate with them. And so it's like building an army of change makers. And it's just amazing. So yes, inspiration is contagious. I like the, I like 
that you aren't, a f- you are, well, you have a lot of ideas and I appreciate that because I, I'm pretty sure that my husband has an automatic off switch when he hears, hey, honey, I have an idea, but you're not afraid to explore them and kind of test them out and see where they go. And if one doesn't work, you move on. And I think that that's a really important thing about what you have going on is that it's one, the awareness around what you really want to do, what those passion and dreams are and testing out what ideas are going to support it and actually make it a reality. Yeah. And it does take a, it takes a lot, right? It takes a lot of gusto, I guess you could kind of say. I think it does help that my fallback career is is being a lawyer. You know, that, I think that's extremely helpful. It can be a bit difficult um, if my fallback career was uh, something else or even nothing. And so, you know, stepping out, I guess, on faith, but, uh, you know, planned faith, I would say, well-researched faith um, is is sometimes scary, but necessary. Yeah, it's an educated, you're taking an educated kind of calculated risk. And you have, so I'm going to kind of change gears, but this is all, this is all very like moving in the, in the direction that I'm thinking. And it's really that you've got a lot happening and probably have had even more in the past when you had, you know, schools and all that kind of stuff going on. So I'm wondering what kind of like habits and routines you have adopted. How do you manage all of these things, all of the plates that are spinning and how do you stay productive around all of these different initiatives? Oh man, I would say the key to my productivity is doing everything I can to get eight hours of sleep. I I learned in law school that if I don't get my eight hours of sleep, something in my brain just doesn't function the way that I want it to. Um, you know, my memory isn't as awesome as I want it to be. So really prioritizing sleep is so important. And also just like prioritizing fun, you know, like every day, no matter how crazy busy I am, I try to have 30 minutes of fun, whether that fun is I play a video game for 30 minutes or I go run around with my dog for 30 minutes. I just do something that's just fun for 30 minutes. I heard through the grapevine that you have a, you have a COVID pup that came to you through the <laughs> pandemic. Yes. His name is Crypto. He's amazing. <laughs> I'm a fellow dog mom, so I could just talk about the dog for an hour. You know, one thing that I should that I should also kind of mention um, that probably stands out a little bit about me is that I have, while I do my best to prioritize my eight hours of sleep, I do also have very bad insomnia that pops up every now and again. And so when I was working, you know, a nine to five or working for the courts, that could be extremely difficult to not be able to get sleep, knowing that I really need sleep to be my best self. And since I've been able to work for myself and work towards my own vision, I found that when I have those crazy insomnia days, instead of being stressed out about it, I've been I've been able to kind of just work through it. Um, and I, yeah, that's how I picked up 3D modeling and been able to teach myself animation. It was thanks to my insomnia. <laughs> Constru- I gotta love it. Even productive when you can't sleep. And I'm I'm the, I I realized that similar thing is when I have you know, people who are trying to like accomplish a goal or want to have want to add some structure. One of the first things I usually tell them is go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every night. I'm like you. I can't. I am I am a zombie if I stay up past 10 p.m. and I am not very good on anything less than seven hours and 59 minutes of sleep. Yes. And so you just need to know that about yourself and expect it. And unfortunately, I'm not very fun at parties because I fall asleep very, very early on. Good thing I don't go to very many parties anymore. Um, I have to ask, what's what's your current um, what's your current game of choice? So I am just finishing up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is what I'm currently playing. But my favorite video game series of all time is the God of War series on PlayStation. 
So we've gotten to know a little bit about you as a person, so I'm super excited to play our little game of rapid fire together because these questions are actually gonna have really fun answers from you. So, you ready awesome. for, for a little fun? Let's do it. Awesome, all right, question number one is hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Everybody says hamburger. I feel like it depends on where you're at. Restaurant, hamburger, fair, or barbecue, or like cookout, hot dog. Yeah, if you would have said barbecue, you're right. I would have, yes, you know, for br- like brats, maybe oh, I would have yeah. went with brats. Okay, maybe I'll have to add another another option. Uh, this is probably going to be hard for you to distill down, but what's your favorite movie? I love the movie Three Hundred, Gladiator. I also love Imitation of Life, which was an older movie from back in the day about a a woman who was black but trying to pass as white, and some of the consequences of that back in the day. I feel like both 300 and Gladiator are those movies that if you still have cable and they're on, you just turn them on at whatever point in the movie they're at. Exactly. Uh, what's your most memorable travel destination? Disney World. That's awesome. I feel like for <laughs> who love the games, there's no, other, there's no other answer to that question. And you mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to have a couple books that come out of this episode, but I would love for another great book recommendation. Ah, you know what? I almost said something lame. I'm just going to go with it. My very first thing was the Bible. I love the book of Isaiah in the Bible. But my favorite book of all time, besides the Bible, is uh, Mama by Terry McMillan. Uh, what is, I put a lot of food questions in rapid fire because I'm usually hungry. So if you decide to, if you decide to indulge, what's your favorite junk food? I like gelato. Oh, ice cream. I used to have what's your favorite ice cream flavor in rapid fire. <laughs> so, you know, it comes in here some way. And then I'm going to add a new one specifically for you. I would love a great board game suggestion. Oh, man. I, I would. I can't say the boring Monopoly or Scrabble. There's this game called, like, Clean Slate or Blank Slate or something like that that I've been playing with my family when I visit them, and it's really fun. And I would also love... We're going to get all kinds of good resources out of you, Jules. I would love a great podcast recommendation, other than, of course, No More Mondays. Yeah, there's a podcast called The Second Lieutenant Podcast, and I really love it. It's ran by an, a, an active-duty um, Army officer right now, and it's about education and its impact on our military personnel. And, of course... This is a show about Mondays, so we always end rapid fire with asking what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Unstoppable. And then the second word is fearless. Yeah, unstoppable. Okay, you you can have them both, but you gotta tell us why. (laughs) Man, because, you know, by by the time Friday comes around, I'm I'm exhausted, I'm a little bit drained, I'm ready just for some rest or maybe even happy hour. But when Monday comes around, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hit this ground running. I'm ready to get things done. And the more I get done on Monday, the less I have to do on Friday. I feel like that is both a very great, like, emotional, mental, yet practical combination (laughs) of why. And also just because you are both fearless and unstoppable. So it just fits all the way around. And as we kind of just move into wrapping things up, I want people to know how they can follow your journey. How do they find Seraph 7? How do they find you? How does everybody keep in touch and and follow all the exciting, really amazing things that you're up to? Absolutely. So my first game is about old people with superpowers. It's really hilarious. And you can watch our progress at Seraph 7 Studios. And so Seraph is S-E-R-A-P-H, the number seven, and the word studios. And we will, of course, uh, 
link all of that in the show notes. So if you uh, visit nomoremondays.info, you'll be able to get all that stuff. And then what about you personally? How do they follow along in your journey as kind of a leader standing out in this space? The same thing. You know what? The thing about me is I'm not a big social media person. Uh, so you have to follow the the company social media. So seraph7studios.com. Say that three times fast. And as we wrap things up, I would love to get kind of just yet another pearl of wisdom, another gold nugget. So whether it's a quote, whether it's a great piece of advice, what can our listeners do to get one step closer to an enjoyable career? Yes. So here's where this awesome quote that I, I came across it a year ago and I love it. And it is be patient with yourself because nothing in nature blooms all year. It's <gasps> so good. It's we just are not very good at giving ourselves grace. And I exactly. feel like that's yeah, you have to be patient with yourself. These things don't happen overnight. When we were talking earlier, uh, I think I, there was a point when you were talking through your journey and basically alluded to that fact that, you know, you got to you got to kind of so things take a process. So be be patient and trust that it will come. Exactly. I love it. Read that quote one more time for us. It is be patient with yourself because nothing in nature blooms all year. There you go. Perfect parting words for an exceptional conversation. Jules, thank you so much for just sharing so much about your career journey, about what you're doing to kind of disrupt and influence and impact others who are going to go on to amazing careers. This has been such an a jam-packed conversation. I love it. We could go on forever. And I really appreciate you being part of the No More Mondays and being here on my show. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And be sure to follow Jules, whether you're a gamer or not, she's doing awesome things. And I have a feeling that we're going to be celebrating her accomplishments for a long time to come. So we're so glad that she took part in the No More Mondays movement. And as always, we love hearing what people are doing uh, as they figure out how to enjoy life and work. And Jules is no exception. If anything, she's a great example of that. And for those of you out there listening, I would love, love, love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. It's a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere with these amazing stories and resources that people like Jules are creating. And if you would like to leave us comments, feedback, or guest suggestions, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for listening to this episode of No More Mondays. We hope you grabbed some great insights to help you improve your professional satisfaction. Please visit us at Apple iTunes and give us a rating so we can continue to offer you awesome interviews and content each week. No More Mondays. New episodes drop every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. That's careerbenders, B as in boy, S as in Sam, dot com. This is your host, Angie Callum, signing off. Until next week, when we chat with another inspired, confident professional. <laughs>